0: Hi, I'm Theodore Shapiro, and we are here to talk about music for picture and uh, all things related. Thank you so much for, uh, for your time today. I really appreciate
1: you inviting me over to your studio. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, so I guess to start off, um, I'd love to know kind of how you got started in the business, or just not starting the business, but started with music. What was the, I guess, from your childhood, or how early on did you get started in music, and when did it kind of evolve into filmmaking, into movies?
0: Right. Um. I started writing from a pretty early age. I was studying classical piano mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, from an early age around five or six, and um, and I thought of myself as a composer from a young age. Yeah. I, I would sit at the piano and noodle around and and make stuff up. Um, and so I, I, you know, I thought of myself as a, as a composer, even before I was really actually writing anything. Right. Uh, and, and so, so that, and then that was something that I always just assumed was a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my parents certainly reinforced the idea that that was just a hobby. Um, so your parents
1: weren't musicians? Well, the, the, the you know, day?
0: my, my, um, my, neither of my parents are musicians. Uh-huh. uh My mom's. Parents were both not professional musicians, right. but but music was very important to them, and 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 I, yeah, I don't want to give the impression that, that I wasn't encouraged to be right, right musical, you know, because yeah. I, I was certainly encouraged to pursue it, just not as a as a profession. As a profession. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, but then I then you know as yeah uh, you know, I went to college, and and in in a slightly larger pond of of people, I still. You know, I loved doing it, and I still felt like it was something, um, you know, I, I still looked around and felt like, oh, this is something that right. I do as well as other people. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I just continued.
1: Uh, so when did it become a... a were you writing just uh, your own compositions for a, for a performance, or were you... I you... was
0: writing... Um, I was writing music for a lot of music for theater. Mm. Um, when I was in college, I I did a lot of theater as an actor and mm. and also music for theater. I wrote a musical. Uh, I wrote a lot of incidental music, right. and that was just kind. Of, and, you know, that was that was what I was doing, and and then I started, um, you know, doing a little bit of writing for film um, right. in college, and just got got my very first taste of what that was all about
1: were, but were you were you aware of film music while you were in, in that space were you aware of you know it going on as its as own thing or did you kind of happen upon it going, oh i didn't realize i can apply myself to picture composition versus I was definitely
0: aware of it i yeah. mean uh, yeah i mean you know from a, from an early age i was i you know uh Raiders of the Lost Ark was very important to me as a, as a kid. That was, that was the seminal movie (laughs) of my, of my childhood. And, and, uh, and the music was a big part of it. I mean, you know, music was the main, was my main focus all throughout, throughout high school. And, um, and, and so certainly, you know, film music was, was something I was, keyed in on, and um, I wasn't a soundtrack fan. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but you know, it was, it was something I was aware of. I was aware of of, of, right. of the Bernard Herrmann scores for the Hitchcock films. I was aware of, you know, um, Chinatown. Mm-hmm. The, that that score made a big impression on me as a kid, and um, and then you know, and, and then and John Williams was right. was really important. So, what would you have? I guess what was your big if you could
1: put it in on a timeline your big break that was like i i've got a good job i got a, I hired on a movie and then this is kind of setting me on my path to become right full time kind of yeah official. yeah
0: um you know it it feels like um you know there were a number of there were a number of steps that were Small but significant steps, you know, and not one where it felt like, oh my God, this is it. Uh You know, I got hired, you know, my first feature was a big, that was a big deal. And and that was just for a a film that was um, an NYU students thesis film. Mm -hmm. And, but, but it was, it turned out to, it went to Sundance and it got, you know, won a bunch of awards and it was a big, um, you know, in, in, in the microclimate of of uh, <laughs> film festivals it was a big deal for a second and right. um and that was important uh, you know in terms of getting me on my way and um you know I got hired to do State in Maine um and that that felt like a big deal just because it was the first movie that I'd worked on you know that had stars yeah. in it and <laughs> um you know that that was a, a big difference from anything that I right. had done before. And, and 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 working with David Mamet, who, exactly, yeah. you know, uh, a, was a, a very significant artist who, you know, who I had been. I was 28 when I got hired to do that movie. Wow. And, you know, I had been studying his work in college, which wasn't that long before <laughs> that. So, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, so that felt like a, a really big deal. Um, uh and then you know, and then you know, the first i you know started getting studio films and yeah. that you know and that was significant and so but it's it, it's 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 they've all felt like little steps as opposed to yeah, like one giant big. yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, you you mentioned that you you worked with David Mamet, and I think you've created some really great relationships. I think with directors and producers yeah. that that have kind of lasted. Of course, Ben Stiller and, and yeah. John Hamburg and yeah. and Paul Feig recently. Right. Yeah. And uh, what do you think is the key? I mean, to building those lasting collaborations, is it just getting along personally with that person, or is it just knowing how they work? Because a lot of people are looking at John Williams and Steven Spielberg yeah. and this kind of long last or Bernard Herrmann and yeah, Hitchcock. Yeah. So, but you're you, you're kind of creating these. These relationships are slowly going along, and yeah. you guys are getting lots of rewarding work from it too. So yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you've learned throughout the process of, of what makes it work, or is it just it just
0: works? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I, you know, I, I I'm a I'm a very collaborative person right. by nature, and and uh, you know, I want my directors to be happy, and 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 I I like and value the process Mm -hmm. um and i i value the idea that you know if you mesh creatively with somebody and 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 you go through this trial together uh, then you're gonna you know you'll you'll walk out with with something that you're that you're proud of and 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 it will you know it's not just the product of one composer, you know, yeah. you know, it's not that, that model of the, of the Western genius composer, <laughs> you know, locking himself in a dark room and, yeah. and coming up with, you know, with, with a, a brilliant score. It is, you know, it, it's, it's a true collaboration and a, and a film composer is a, is a filmmaker first and foremost. I know, story-teller, and yeah. and uh, so, so it, it's something that, you know i i think that when you approach it that way and you and you engage in a in a rewarding way with the director then right that's what the foundation for the relationship is
1: and and you've done a, a couple of films with ben now ben stiller yeah um uh, how is it working with a director that is also an actor? And, and I'm sure he has to have a lot of trust in you because he is juggling multiple hats. Yeah. Where, as in... Because I mean, you scored a couple films where he starred in. Yeah. Is that how you met? Is that how he got a, a hint of your music? Or that how? is actually ex- exactly
0: really. right. Yeah, so so um. in a... There was one period of time where I did uh, Along Came Polly and Starsky and Hutch back-to-back, right. back, mm-hmm. and and he... Noticed the scores in both of those movies and and like them and right. and then shortly after that he um, he produced Dodgeball and and was involved in getting me on board yeah. for that um, and so th- yeah that that was that was how it started and then and then after after Dodgeball there was just a you know it, it, he, you know he he started calling on me to do right. stuff whether he was producing or, or, or directing. directing and it's continued
1: and i mean walter meddy is i think one of your best works my oh, personal favorites i thought it's such a beautiful score and Thanks. you really tapped into that character and uh, the the theme that everything there is oh. it's 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 wonderful um yes. with now that since you're working with ben and he kind of is pulling on his projects yeah. do you start working on stuff in pre-production is that are you part of the process or do you yeah so is I, that is that something do you prefer i do yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean with with uh It's interesting, with The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, you know, he he got me involved very early on, Mm -hmm. and uh, and in fact, he, when they were making that movie, they had a break in production. They shot a bunch of stuff in New York, and then they went to Iceland. Mm -hmm. I think I've got that right, and not backwards, but. um, (laughs) And, and so he had me come to New York while they were taking the break, and he showed me some stuff, and uh, and it was in. And then he went up to, to Iceland and was sort of off the grid for a long time. Yeah. And and it was in that period of time when you know they gave me one scene to look at, and I just had time to take you know take one scene and try couple of different approaches to it yeah and and that is actually what what led to you know i wrote the main theme sort of in that time period and um and it was just enormously helpful you know we, yeah. we came right out of the gate with something that that we were both really excited and
1: about. How, did, how did the idea for the kind of the humming come along you worked with um, with yeah jose gonzalez yeah and that became such an integral part of that of the theme and it kind of gave it kind of a human connection to it it was it something that you brought him in for did you did he kind of improvise it or what yeah. was the it,
0: it was something I think that that Ben and I both um started talking about independently um I mean I I think that I became I think I knew that that there was a you know that that there was like an indie sound that he was looking for. Oh right, yeah. Uh and so we both liked the idea of of working with an artist and having and incorporating Mm -hmm. their, you know, their voice, their sound as part of the score. Right. And, you know, Jose was somebody who, um I'd been a fan of for a long time and then and and really fell in love with, with his music and uh it was just perfect. It was a perfect fit because he's such a great guy and was so easy to work with and so flexible right. and just he's just a lovely person. Yeah. And and, um, and, you know, I and I think that uh, his spirit, I mean, his spirit is so incredible. It, you know, it, it's such a it's one of these things where. You write, you know, I could write a cue, yeah, and then I'd send it to Jose, and you know, and w- once his voice was on it, there was like a magic to yeah, it yeah. that it wasn't there before, and and um, so it, it was, it, you know, on a personal level on a creative level, it just kind of couldn't have been better.
1: Yeah, it was. It's an amazing. It's one of my favorite scor- I mean, oh. scores of like last ten years. It's oh. it's really great. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, I'm proud of that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, All right. yeah we're rolling so you you've uh, you've done a lot of different uh, kind of genre blending of scoring you've, yeah. you've, you've done horror comedy and then yeah. action comedy and then just comedy and yeah. then kind of romantic comedy um, well somehow has always kind of been circling around yeah. though is, is did you did you ever find yourself typecast into that kind of genre did, or did you how did it end up becoming kind of go-to for the action yeah comedy I, I mean
0: I uh, well you know, in part it's because, um, you know, I have good friends who are collaborators who work in comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, John, John Hamburg is one of my closest friends. We went to college together. Um, I've done everything that, that that, that he's ever done. I think, um, (laughs) certainly every, every feature he's done. Yeah. And they're all hilarious. And they're all great. Uh, and, uh, so so you know and and I had another friend another one of my first jobs coming out of college was that I worked on this MTV uh, a TV show called The State which which was a sketch comedy show which uh-huh. was had a, a, a big cult following uh, and that in turn also led to you know the people who worked on that did Wet Hot American Summer and right. and there's a whole sort of thread of, of of work that came through that right uh, but in a way I mean you know I. I there's so much typecasting um in the industry but you know one of the stories that I tell is that I think that the the way that the typecasting really began was that I did old school which was you know which was oh, a real right. success yeah, course, and then you yeah. know once once you've done a successful thing you know <laughs> they, then they you're it's safe to to hire you for another thing that's like that thing <laughs> right. um but but the the way I got hired for Old School was that um, that I had it was it was on the basis of the score for Heist, the David Mamet film, right. which of course had nothing at all to do in <laughs> any way with Old School, um, and uh, and it's fun, you know and, and that that's a score that I that I'm pr- proud of yeah, and I of like course. it yeah. and um, and it's just ironic that. Uh, you know nobody's ever nobody's ever hired me to do another score like heist (laughs) Heist. i I did get hired on the basis of that to do old school
1: but i i I, what i love about your music is that it's it's you you score kind of these comedic films but there's always you such an emotional undercurrent that you put in your music and you find a way to kind of break genre boundaries and it's not i mean the way you approached uh tropic thunder for instance uh if you listen to that score on its own you could have plop that down on Black Hawk Down it would have been yeah, <laughs> a perfect yeah, yeah. Uh, war film and I feel like you've kind of cracked the code of how to make music connect but work in a comedy because I think comedy is probably one of the most hardest yeah. genres to because if you make the music funny then it kind of doesn't work. It's terrible. Uh, is, is is our Saturday morning, Saturday morning cartoons the only place for funny music or is there a room for funny music in say a, a big budget action comedy? Uh, I don't
0: I mean, you know, never say never, but but I just don't, I don't see, um, I don't see how funny music really ever works. Uh Um, I mean, even, even in animation, it's still, I mean, I I don't know, I I, I haven't, I haven't done an exhaustive (laughs) study, but, but, you know, I, I just find that, that when the music plays it straight, um, and, and the comedy plays in dissonance to the. To the tone of the score, yeah. it's just funnier, and um, you know,
1: it. I mean, like with Zoolander, it was like an espionage score, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it yeah, just like, exactly. It made it so much funnier.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that that is, um, you know, it's funny when I started working on Zoolander, um, or Zoolander Two. Yeah. um You know what I felt was that, you know, the music, the music that I was writing had. N- had to not only be serious but it couldn't even be serious in quotes you Uh know like satirically serious it had to actually be real and and the more serious and you know without winks it was then the funnier the material became yeah um you know i think that particularly, you know, in, in a good comedy, uh, you know, you you really want to maintain the tone and breaking the spell, I think, uh, breaking the spell even briefly is is really damaging, I think, to the tone. Like, a, right. you know, on Spy, for example, if we had done one, you know, James Bond guitar chord, you know, yeah. sort of a, as a wink, uh, it would have completely broken the tone, and and yeah. I don't. You only have to do that once before people start feeling like, oh, it's just a, it's a send up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think Spy is a send up. No. Um, I
1: mean, we I actually just watched it recently again. Uh, it was on HBO. We, me and my fiance down and watched it, and of course we loved it. And it is, yeah. it, it's its own thing. Yeah. And even though the movie it's Spy, and you know, it's it. She's holding a gun, kind of yeah. in that pose and everything, but the movie itself never felt like. I think Jude Law's character maybe a little bit kind of was the James right. Bond. Right, yeah, archetype, yeah, yeah, sure. But sure, yes. but the movie itself, yeah, never yeah. was like we're a James Bond spoof. He yeah. wasn't like Spy Hard, you know. Right, <laughs> but, yeah. right, right, exactly. So right. So you did uh, you did do work on a pretty big film uh, this year, Ghostbusters, which yeah. got a lot of attention, of course, and I'm sure you've talked about it a lot, uh, online and everything. Um but before we I, I do wanna to touch on that a little bit, but just working on Ghostbusters as a film, you worked with Paul on yeah. on SPY and of course were brought into Ghostbusters was there a lot of pressure on this one because it was a reboot of such a beloved franchise, or did you kind of try to block that out and be like, I'm just scoring a comedy, an ensemble comedy, action, um, well, horror? I mean, it became that action, but it was a kind of a gothic little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know?
0: it's a, it's a I, mean, it, I mean, what's the genre? It's a comedy horror action. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's genre definitely, in, yeah. Yeah. You can't really put
1: a label on it. Uh,
0: I mean, I, I'd like to say that I, you know, wasn't aware of the of the stakes I mean I but but I I certainly of course you know I felt like a big deal (laughs) and if I was ever unaware of it you know anytime I told people what I was working on they would say oh that's a big deal you know um so but but at the same time uh so so yeah I mean I did I did a lot of sketching and I really wanted to come up with a tune that I was happy with and right uh and so, so yeah, you know, so, so in that sense, yeah, I, I definitely felt some sense of what the stakes were. Right. Um, and they were certainly swirling all around while we were making the movie. But, but for the most part, I would really say that the creation of the score was a very satisfying collaboration with Paul. Yeah. Um, you know, in the same way that it had been with Spy, and I, you know, it it did not ever feel like there were you know a million cooks in the kitchen and people were saying you know oh we got to have more of this right. or what you know, it felt very much like, um, yeah, it felt very much like a, a satisfying collaborative process, and I mean we knew, you know, we knew from from the beginning that integrating some element of the Ray Parker Jr. tune was going right, to be that was going to be part of it.
1: Was the, that a decision that came from the studio, from you or from Paul? Was it who, who where that idea kind of started?
0: I think that we all just knew just that it had right. to be. Yeah, yeah there, I mean, of course. I think that you know, if anybody's position had been no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It, then it would have been a problem. Right. But I think you know, we all knew that that it just had to be part of the picture. You know, I right. I um, I I work um, with uh, Ludwig Goransson, who's mm-hmm. a very talented composer who um, who used to be my assistant. And now he's you know a wonderful composer right. in his own right, yeah. and he works in this building. And uh, and I had been sort of you know talking to him and and when he was working on Creed and l- sort of looking over his shoulder at what he was doing mm-hmm. and uh, and. And it was just so clear, uh, you know, just from my own vantage point that you needed to hear those themes from the original rock. you know, just you, you needed to hear it. And, uh, and the way that they ultimately cracked that puzzle of how to integrate it, I thought was so successful. And, um, and so, so I walked into this experience knowing absolutely like, you know was, that's really the right kind of approach. That, where you know we don't want to. It's not going to be everywhere. Yeah, we not We're, we're going to have our <laughs> own theme, but you know, but but we are definitely going to. Yeah. Deliver right. that that thing that people clearly want and associate so closely with the with the material.
1: Right, and I, it's interesting because there's so many. I mean, reboots and remakes are kind of their own thing now and I'm, there's a lot of people who are very anti the remakes and everything but i really enjoy seeing stories retold from different point of views right. and different filmmakers and different you know they're people's favorite stories and yeah. throughout time good stories get retold yeah. so but just to get you know terminator i talked to lauren about reusing the terminator theme Yeah. And all these these really iconic things that kind of you can't really separate them from like you kind of have to use them and right and, and incorporate them but it's, it's it's tricky though because you don't you do want to make your own your own statement. Your Absolutely. Own yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, there's uh, a um, there's an interesting little piece of scientific t- scientific information that somebody <laughs> told me that, which is that that um, you use a different part of your brain when you hear music that you are familiar with, oh. than the part of your brain that you listen to music with when you uh, are unfamiliar with it. So, in other words, when you're unfamiliar with with a piece of music, you're mm-hmm. using the puzzle-solving part of your brain. Okay. When you're familiar with it, you're using the the pleasure center of your brain. Oh, okay. And um, and it makes perfect sense. You know, right. when when you hear something and you know it, there's a certain satisfaction and joy to it that right. that is just you know you don't have that when when it's new. When it's new, you're figuring out what's, you're, processing what's that you're processing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so. <laughs> You know, I, I don't think that the answer is that all movies should only be scored with uh, <laughs> material that everybody knows before. Yeah. But I, you know, it's a useful piece of information, and and right. um, I, I was certainly on board with the and idea. And it was,
1: I mean, when it, when you use it for the big Times Square sequence, it was perfect. Like, oh, cool. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was really
0: one of that was uh, one of the first cues that I scored. Yeah. Uh, in you know, in the process of, of writing the score and um, and so so, you know, right off the bat uh, we understood okay, well this is this is where this idea is headed, you know, this right. is gonna be the high point of, of this arc yeah, of, exactly. of integrating I love that theme and built it. to it, yeah. And this so, what exploded yeah. and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You also used, uh, I think, a un- very underrated instrument is the the organ, which is oh, yeah. outside of, I think, Hans Zimmer's Interstellar, which kind of just put it on the map all of a yeah. sudden. It's only been isolated to horror or maybe even for religious kind of tone, uh, yeah. tones or stuff like right. that. Um, and you used it here kind of in a horror aspect, but it really became this pretty significant part of the score yeah. too, in certain areas. Uh, do you find the organ as a very adaptable instrument? I mean, have you used it anything else besides? I've never used it really? before.
0: Um, I learned a lot about the instrument. Yeah. Writing this. Must have been. Yeah, it have it been was incredibly yeah. cool. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, recording a live organ is just an awesome experience. I mean it just, yeah. it makes it makes an amazing sound <laughs> and, and um and it makes a sound that is, you know, it's the size of an orchestra. So right. so when you you know when you're writing for organ and orchestra it's 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 really a massive amount of sound that you're that you're dealing with um you know ultimately this this score we were in the action sequences uh we were dealing with such a massive amount of sound effects right. um yeah. you know there's just so much in those guns are just you know uh <laughs> they just eat up so much of the sonic spectrum and, and so yeah. another you know another benefit of the organ in this case is it really cut extremely well and it gave gave us a fighting chance against and sound uh, against some of the sound effects yeah
1: just uh and i mean that is i've i've talked to other composers who it is a challenge because you are you part of the the process when it comes to the mixing? Is that a composer's job to go to the mix and make sure your score is well represented? Or yeah, sure. So... I mean,
0: it, it's you know generally the way that it works is that that you come at the end for final playback, right? And um, <clears throat> and, and then you can give your notes. I mean,
1: do they listen? I mean, oh in, yeah. In some I mean, where they be like, ah, get out of here. <laughs> I
0: I have not. Um, I have never found that they didn't care about right. what you know That's what good. I thought. <laughs> uh, you know, and and ultimately, like I, you know, I don't think that you know that you win just by having the music as loud as possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, no. I, so can drown everything out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, negative thing. Yeah. So you know, I, I was I was pleased ultimately with the mix. I mean, there are uh, the, you certainly can hear more of the score by listening to the soundtrack and by watching the film. <laughs> right. That is undeniably the case, but, but, uh, but I thought that they did a good job with a difficult mix of yeah. m- making everything hurt.
1: So, I mean, we're talking about Ghostbusters and the yeah. process and everything. And now kind of on the other side of it, when the, it kind of was presented to the public, there was, of course, a lot of dialogue going back and forth about the all female cast. Yeah. And then people started saying you're, you're ruining, like this is not what it is. Yeah. I mean, and and then again, that kind of goes back to my point where I love seeing remakes. I love seeing yeah. different takes on stuff. But what what do you make of the? Uh, it's 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 just fans are very defensive about yeah. their, their movies. What do you kind of take of that and make of it? Um, the response that it got.
0: You know, uh, it's hard for me to. Uh, I I've never heard a ton of vitriol about any of the reboots of Planet of the Apes or right. Spider-Man yeah. or any of the I mean there's projects being rebooted and all the time and yeah. this happened to be the one where people went bonkers right so I, I I it's hard for me not to think that there's a component of of misogyny yeah. that's built into the reaction mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, look, at the same time, I, uh, you, you know, I, it doesn't it doesn't make me happy that people felt like their childhoods were ruined. Yeah, I hate that. Um, I hate that. This, this, that term just <laughs> <is> so dumb. <laughs> um, Childhood.
1: The original doesn't go anywhere. That's my point. It's like the original is not getting. No one's coming. And yeah, right. Exactly. It off shelf exactly. And like snapping it in half. Exactly. And it's like you have to watch this one for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. it, it's. it's uh, I don't know. It's just it, just it cracks me up just trying to analyze. I mean, it interests me because people are just like, oh, God, they yeah. just jump on it like that. And then there was a, and then it kind of evolved into a whole racial thing with Leslie Jones. And I don't know where yeah, that yeah, came yeah. from, and yeah. it 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 points out some ugly things in society. But I mean, in the end of the day, the film I thought was so well made, and you yeah. guys did such a great job. And, oh, thanks. And even though it, it, man, I hope they, you know, reinlight a sequel. But it's, uh, it was, I think one of the most enjoyable summer films I went to this year. Well, so. you know, I, I'm <laughs>
0: I'm glad you felt that way. I mean, I really like it, and and yeah. you know, it, I think that at the end of the day um you know paul paul realized his vision and yeah. and i think that uh i think he's a fantastic director yeah. i love his sensibility i love the roles that he's writing for female characters uh and you know like i i just i i think uh, you know whether or not they make a sequel and <laughs> i would be delighted if they do you know, I I think that the movie succeeded on its own terms, yeah. Uh, and and you know, and and ultimately, that's, I mean, it, it it's hard not to be aware of the financial considerations and all right. that, so, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and but it, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm really proud to have worked on the movie, and and I think that that it really did a lot of what it set out to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of maybe talk a little bit. Uh, to, uh, talking about your uh, just your process in general not just for any specific film yeah um, when you approach a movie uh, or anything for the first time what's kind of the first thing that you look for to kind of start uh, building get the getting the first note out of your head yeah is, yeah. It, is it characters do you look at uh, maybe just the the style of cinematography the color palette is there anything that what really plays to you
0: I mean any of the above right, right. I mean yeah. you know I think that I often Start out by, you know, thinking about thinking about instrumental palette, um, and you know what what I can do um, in terms of you know in terms of the instrumentation that will give it a unique uh, identity. Right. Um, and then thematically, just you know, I start I start thinking about that. Um,
1: how do you know when you hit when you got the theme? How do you know when it's right? Do you um, do you go through like vari- multiple variations? For or? sure. Yeah. For
0: sure. I mean, sometimes it's just the first first idea is the one. Yeah.
1: Is there anyone that was you hit on the first try? Um.
0: Let's see. What can I? <laughs> there's probably something. I don't know. Well, I well, mean, Walter
1: well, Mitty. I love the theme. How how long did it take to get to that? The, the, the humming the da da that kind of the...
0: i wrote 3 tunes for for i wrote 3 tunes for walter's main theme uh-huh and i'd written i'd already written 2 both which i i liked uh and then i i i still hadn't heard back from ben cuz he was off in iceland filming <laughs> yeah. so i wrote a third uh-huh and that was the one you know and um and i thought i didn't think he'd go for it i think he i thought that that i'm so accustomed to being pushed in a more in a light lighter direction yeah so i just reflexively assume that anything that's more lyrical is going to be the one that i like the most but 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 doesn't get accepted um (laughs) and uh and i was sort of thrilled and and surprised when yeah that was i the mean they,
1: they really marketed that film as almost a comedy but i felt that it was a very deep character study i thought it was uh, uh because you know ben, yeah. ben is a comedic actor of right. course so everyone is like oh ben stiller goofiness right but, i mean the film itself was very moving very touching but, i
0: agree yeah, yeah. i mean I, I i think it's a beautiful film and yeah. i watched it recently with my kids and and uh it holds up very well yeah um and you know i think i think that that's a movie that that was is gonna is gonna wear well with time yeah
1: hopefully yeah yeah. and um in terms of uh other other genres is there stuff that you haven't explored yet that you'd like to i mean is is there a bucket list that you have set up like i would love to score a a space epic i would love to score a a western or
0: you know i mean i I would say you know I, I would say that um, I I connect very strongly to my own childhood so uh-huh. so um, so just uh, so for sure more movies that that, that, that kids would want to watch yeah um, and and ideally uh, you know uh, not just not just comedic ones right um, and so so that's that uh, well, you did that would a really be my good answer.
1: one with Marley and me I think you've probably made every single a human being cry. <laughs> well that yeah, that's that
0: that is a very effective movie. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, I you know, I I I feel like um you know, I I certainly have some uh you know, memories of experiencing movies like E.T. Right. That that of I you know, they're, like they're never going to make another movie like E.T. So yeah. so it's you know, it's not like I my goal is to write a John Williams style score right. like that. <laughs> Not that I would mind, but uh, you know, it's just, but, but I certainly think that if I can, uh, tap into, tap into that part of who I am, uh, that would be, that would be exciting.
1: And, uh, do you, do you, uh, have time to go watch movies yourself? Do you try to absorb other people's work that you don't? I do. Yeah. Like I yourself? mean,
0: I, you know, I, I, I love going to the movies. I, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I, uh, at this point in my life, I noticed the music so much yeah, okay. <laughs> that it's very difficult. It's easier for me to enjoy movies that don't have a lot of music. Right. Um, and so it, it it's a bummer because I'm just so aware of yeah. of everything that's happening musically. Because you're, you're
1: a magician who already knows the act. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah, that's so exactly right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, but at the same time, there certainly are a, a bunch of composers, whose film composers, whose who's work I just admire tremendously. And I'm yeah. always excited to hear what, they,
1: what they're up to. <laughs> uh, I guess you were t- we were talking about just briefly, uh, you kind of seeing other movies. Can, can you watch, I mean, you just said you just watched Walter Mitty. Can you re-watch a film and not be critical? Or do you, do you go, oh my God, I should have done this. Do you, do you ever have regrets when you're watching your own work?
0: I, I never don't have regrets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm hard on myself. So, yeah. so, uh, I, uh, I have a hard time not just thinking, uh, oh, I could have done that differently. Yeah. And, and if I'd done it differently, it would have been more right. <laughs> um, so I, but you know, that, that's something I'm working on. Uh, and you think
1: that's a, a negative quality to have or do you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it gets in the way of.
0: Well, you know, I, I I probably would have been. I'm sure it puts me in good company with other composers. I've heard. Yes, um, I know a lot of
1: composers who are very critical. I mean, they're, they're, they're the worst critic of their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, a, a, as a parent with two kids who are similarly self-critical, um, <laughs> you know, it's something that I that I uh, take less pride in. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not a great way to be. Yeah. And um, and so uh, you know, I'm working on it.
1: Well, I'll, I'll let I'm letting you know you don't have to be too critical of yourself because your work is quite fantastic. <laughs> right, thank you. Thank <laughs> um, but just kind of maybe a little, just to wrap up, looking at the the industry as it stands right now uh, is do you think the film industry is in a good place right now? A lot of people, I know there's a lot of critics that are saying it's a lot of just studio pictures and we kind of lost touch with more of the smaller, uh, you know, more intimate and long lasting pictures. Everything yeah. is just franchise, franchise, franchise. Yeah. Uh, what, what is your take on it? I mean,
0: it's hard for me not to agree with that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I I just think that, um, you know, I, I, I think that just, the the business model has just leaned so heavily towards the huge right. tentpole movies, um, and there's so much in the marketplace. There's no time for movies to be discovered anymore, yeah. and so it's just yeah. all about making movies that everybody will go see on opening weekend, and yeah. um, I. I, I don't think it's weird that it's developed the way that it has. It all makes sense, but it's right. just, um, you know, there's a reason I think that people are are responding to the kind of storytelling that that can happen on on television right now. Right. Exactly. Um, and you know, and, and the things that were feature films in the '70s are, you know, they're, they're still happening, but they're sure. just on TV. As yeah, miniseries uh, or limited. Yeah. Exactly. Or yeah um so so you know what what what's good is that I don't uh, I don't worry about the future of people making good product that's um, what, yeah, that's you true. know it's there's <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna tell good stories and and they'll exist whether you know whether it's like it is now where it's all sort of squeezed into you know award season and this yeah. little tiny <laughs> bubble of of Uh, you know, where those movies can exist or whether it's on, you know, Netflix or or HBO or, you know, wherever those those things live. Right. But there's just a lot of good stuff to see. There is. Uh, And uh, somebody's got to write music for it. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And I know this is going to feel a little bit tacked on, but I just uh, thought of it. Um, Since you do work with a lot of filmmakers that... uh, that you have built relationships with, do you, do you work with uh, temps a lot? Do directors like Ben or, or Paul, mm-hmm. do they put a temp on the, on the, and do they say, oh, we kind of want to go with this tone? Is that something that's...
0: That certainly happens. I yeah. mean, I, um, I'm fortunate that with a bunch of the directors that I work with, they are, they're really good about not going to, I mean, they use temp in exactly the right way, which is. Right. not falling in love with it. The they temp, understand yeah. it's a placeholder. <coughs> right. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and look, it, it can be helpful. If, you know, if a director can say, well, there's something about the way this thing works that, that's doing what I need it to do, right. that can be really useful information. Right. Um, I try to start as early as possible because um because temps are are really very very difficult to yeah. to deal with I mean yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I find for myself that when you watch a scene with a piece of temp music, suddenly you know in your mind it's like oh well that's the that's the only way to approach yeah, this scene like it exactly. just the fingerprints are so strong right. th- in spite of your best intentions yeah and uh so, you know, as much as possible, I try to start early, um, just so that, just so that you can, you know, if you can start out with a, a truly blank slate and, and come up with something, you know, some sort of combination of some weird synthesis <laughs> that you, yeah. that, 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 isn't like something else right. uh then you know that's that's where the best work comes from and um and if you can seed that into the movie and into the director's process as early as possible then then you know that is the best way to get to something that you're right. proud of
1: what's the what's the shortest amount of time you've had to work on a score
0: um i did a re once which was um uh I think it was six days of composing. Wow! Yeah, uh, that was that was a little bit crazy, but uh,
1: and there you don't really have time to second guess anything, right? You just no, have to go you just it. just keep writing whatever and comes yeah, first. Exactly. You just go with it. Yeah. Wow. Right. It was, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was nuts. I don't recommend
0: that. I know, but those are not when,
1: when I hear those stories, just like, oh my god, <laughs> how, do that, how do you guys pull it off? <laughs> um, but uh, just to kind of finish it off, what what out of outside of music, I know music is your life, and you know you make a living from. But is there anything outside of music that you do for hobbies and stuff that kind of creatively refresh? Do you like to travel, hike, fish? Is there hobbies that are not score or film related that are um, deep embedded? Let's see. Idea?
0: What do I like to do? I like <laughs> to do. Um, I like to do jigsaw puzzles. Oh, uh, I like to read. I mean that that's that's <laughs> you know I, I I read a lot. Some when I'm not working. Um, I like to, I like to walk with books on tape. Yeah. Um, do
1: you, sc- do when you read a novel, do you score it in your head? No, yeah. no, no, no. Thank <laughs> God. Oh,
0: God, what a terrible thought. <laughs> like that would, I would be done. I, that would, I would not read anymore <laughs> if I started doing that. Uh, so, <laughs> no, yeah. That's good. okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, uh, Theodore, thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. It's
0: been such a pleasure yeah, and likewise. insightful. Cool. Yeah. Great. Great, thank you.